This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. Maybe that we have someone watching for the first time and we want to welcome you. Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to be discussing this topic today found from the writing of the Apostle Peter. If you do these things, if you do these things, what things do you suppose he has, uh, is talking about? Stay tuned as we discuss it today. Thank you for tuning in. Now, we continue to offer the free Bible course. We want you to have it, and we're going to pause long enough that you can learn more about the course, and you can learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading today from the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to start the reading in verse number 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For sowing in entrance shall be multiplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we think about being a Christian and our growth, we, we have to understand that even though our bodies may be growing older, and we're beginning to get older day by day. But our inward person, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, is being renewed day by day. It can be growing stronger and stronger every day. When you become a Christian, you do not start out full grown. No, you become a babe in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So we're just babies in Christ. And babies just feed on the milk of God's Word, not on the meat of His Word. In Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 12, Paul there wrote, says, When for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles are the oracles of God, and to become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Well, these people had been Christians long enough, 
that they should have left the milk a long time ago. And now they should be into the meat of God's Word. And, and yet they had not grown as a Christian, not as they should at least. So we start out as a babe in Christ. And as we grow, we are to grow spiritually. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That simply means we are to grow in the likeness of Jesus. Just think about it. Growing in the likeness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, when we study the Bible and we learn about Jesus Christ, we are to grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ or in the image of Jesus Christ. And that's a challenge, isn't it? We live in a world that is just opposed to that. Just, just, it, it would discourage us from living like Jesus Christ. And so it's a real challenge in today's world to live like Jesus Christ. But if we do what He tells us to do, then we can have the growth that would please Him. Now, God has always given us a plan for what He wants us to do. And when we re read from 2 Peter chapter 1, we find God's plan for spiritual growth. And I want you to think about that plan. Well, you say, well, why should we be concerned about growth? Well, it's because we may become short-sighted. We may become short-sighted. Uh, Peter said, he that lacketh these things is blind. He is blind and cannot see afar off. There's so much short-sighted living today. That is, people not thinking about the future, not thinking about where they're going. They're just thinking about the here and now. And another reason we ought to be concerned about growth is because there can be spiritual amnesia. He says, you forget that you were purged or saved from your old sins. So there's, there are two dangers there, short-sighted living and failure to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. I've, I believe with all of my heart that's the reason the Lord, in His plan for worship on the Lord's day, has us to gather around the Lord's table to commemorate the death and suffering of Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. At the beginning of every week, we are reminded of what Jesus did for us. But we have to grow as a Christian. Now, when we grow, and when we grow, we do that for, for several reasons. We grow to keep from falling. Peter said, if you do these things, you shall never stumble. King James says, you shall never fall. And so we do it to keep from falling or stumbling. And also we do it according to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11, to have an entrance into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now it seems to me all of those things put together would encourage us to want to grow as a Christian. Now what I'm trying to get us to see that it's not enough for a person to be baptized. It's not. Is it important to be baptized? Absolutely. Our eternal salvation depends upon our faith in Jesus Christ, our repentance of sin, confessing our faith in Jesus, and being baptized into Christ. Because Jesus said it, not Billy. Jesus said it. He that believeth 
and he is baptized, shall be saved. That's found in your Bible in Mark 16 and verse 16. And, and so that's important to become a Christian. But it is also vital that we grow as a Christian. And if we do what the Lord tells us to do, then we will grow. And, and we need to be reminded of some things. We need to be reminded how easy it is to forget. It's so easy to forget. He that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. It's easy to forget. You know, we're 2,000 years removed from the cross of Jesus Christ. All we know about the cross of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ is recorded in the Bible. And we study it to learn and to have the knowledge about those things. But don't you imagine that those who lived near the cross, in the lived in the shadow of the cross, also needed to be reminded? Absolutely. And if those people who lived near the cross had it fresh in their minds, were sometimes lapsing in their memory, forgetting what Jesus had done, how much more do we need reminding? You see, we need to be reminded. I want you to listen to what Peter says to these people. Uh, he said in verse number 13, I think it right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. He said, as long as I'm living, as long as I'm in this old body, I want to tell you something. I'm going to keep reminding you. I'm not going to let you forget. And then in verse 15, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things. Several times he uses the expression, these things. He says, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to put you in remembrance of these things. Let's go back to our text. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 and following. Note, notice the times that he uses the expression, these things. Verse 9, for he who lacks these things, these things, is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was purged. Verse 10, be diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never, you will never stumble. And then notice in verse number 13, I think it is, as right, it is right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me more, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. In other words, after I'm dead, I want you to remember what I've been trying to teach you. And so we need reminding today. I, I, I've noticed over the years that if we don't do continual teaching on certain subjects, that after a while people forget. And, and if we don't continue to use the knowledge that we have, after a while we will forget. 
Why, for example, there are books of the Bible that I've memorized. But if I were to go right now and try to begin to quote from memory those books of the Bible, for example, the book of Jonah, do you know what I would have to do? I would have to have a refresher course on those four short chapters in order to use what I had learned in time past. Why? Because I have forgotten those things. We need to have certain things brought up to us continually. I know sometimes people think, well, you talk about certain things all the time. Well, there's a reason for it. And the reason is that we will never, ever forget the, the things that are important to us that pertain to the salvation of our souls. Now, what are the things, these things, that Peter is talking about? Well, one thing is faith. Adding to your faith. Adding to your faith. You know, faith is the foundation of our life, isn't it? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. He that comes to God must believe that He is. So faith is the foundation. What's faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We need to add to our faith. I really believe that, that faith is really the foundation of whatever all the other things that he's going to be talking about uh, following this particular one. Add to our faith. Well, what do you add to your faith? Is your faith growing? Are you stronger in the faith today than you were a year ago? Is your faith stronger? You say, well, Brother Lambert, I'd like my faith to be stronger. How can I grow in faith? How can my faith be strong? Well, we need to resort to the source of faith, and that's the Bible. How much do you study the Bible? How much do you try to apply the Bible to your life? Do you find any applications in the Bible to what you're doing in your life? You see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. There's a direct relationship between my faith and how much I feed my soul on the Word of God. I, I, I think it's a good practice to take the Bible, and maybe while you're reading the Bible, you have a little pad by, by your side, and, and, and when you read a passage of Scripture, and then you go back and you read it a second time, and then you try to write down what that Scripture is really saying to you. What, what application, why, how does it apply to your life? And when we start drawing things out of the Bible that, 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 that apply to our lives, that's when we're beginning to grow in our faith. That our, our soul is being fed. So add to your faith. What are you going to add to your faith? Virtue. And the word virtue means courage. It takes courage to live the Christian life. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Ephesians 6. And Joshua was told in Joshua chapter 1, be strong and be of good courage. So we, it takes courage, it takes, it takes virtue or courage in the living of the Christian life. And when we are courageous, we will not be a compromiser, we will not be weak in the faith. Add to your faith virtue, courage. Then you add to your courage knowledge. You know... Amos talked about a dearth in the land, a famine in the land. It wasn't a famine of food and water. It was a famine of the hearing of the Word of God. Now, in Amos 8 and 11, he wasn't talking about the fact that the Bible wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, being taught. He was talking about the fact that God wasn't speaking to the people. God had stopped speaking to the people because of their attitude and their sin. 
but there is still a dearth in the land. It's a dearth of the hearing of the Word of God. God's Word is available. It's been revealed to us, and yet there are still people who will not pick the Bible up and study it and read it to find out for themselves what the Bible teaches, what the Bible says that would apply to their salvation. There's a dearth in the land. We need to study the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15, study, study, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Add to your knowledge self-control or, or temperance. Self-control literally means holding one's self in. Have you ever seen a person who could explode like a firecracker? They, at the drop of a hat, they could just go off on you. Well, you see, they're lacking in self-control. We need to exercise control over our lives in so many different ways. All of us are subject to, to not doing that. Even preachers sometimes don't exercise the control they ought to have. We ought to learn to control our tongues. Take heed to our ways that I sin not with my tongue, Psalms 39.1. We, we need to use our speech and our tongue in a way that will bring honor and glory to God Almighty. How do you use your tongue? Do you use it to, to help people, to encourage people, or do you use your tongue like a, like a razor, sharp, to cut and to slice and to, to hurt people? Just how do we use our tongue? You see, we need to, and we need to control our temper. Some people have a short fuse, and they lose their temper, we say, so easily. Well, we need to learn to control it. Soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. We need to learn to control the various appetites of our body. Paul said, I buffet my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest after having preached to others, that I myself should be a castaway. Paul said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to bring this old body that I'm living in under control. I'm going to try to control my body. And that's a struggle while we live in this life. We have to learn self-control. Then to our self-control, we need to add perseverance or patience. Oh, how we need to be a patient people. We need to endure. I believe that perseverance is perhaps the one thing that will see us through to the end when we learn to be a persevering person. You know, the Bible teaches that we must persevere to the end. Be faithful unto death, and then I'll give you a crown of life. I'm aware that that was written to a church that was under severe persecution, but I believe the principle is just as true today as it was back then. That is, we must be faithful. It may not cost us our life. That is, we may not be killed because we're Christians. Those people are in danger of being killed because they were Christians. We may not be, but we still need to be faithful faithful to the very end of our lives, and we will receive a crown of life on the other side. So add to your faith perseverance. Then add to your faith godliness. That is a reverence for God. I don't know of a time that we've needed more reverence for God than today because 
I think Paul described a lot of people in the 21st century in Romans 3.18, there's no fear of God before their eyes. Some people have absolutely no fear of God before their eyes, no respect for God, and absolutely no respect for His Word. But Solomon said man's whole purpose in life is to fear God and to keep the commandments of God because that's the whole duty of man. You see, we're to show godliness in our life. We need to have some reverence for the name of God. Not to not take His name lightly, not to take His name in vain. While Moses told Israel in, in the giving of the Ten Commandments not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. But you think about how lightly and irreverently the name of God is used today. You can hardly listen to the evening news without somebody invoking the name of God in a vain way. And so we need to show reverence for His name. We need to show reverence for the worship that is due Him. We're to worship God in spirit and we're to worship God in truth. We need to show some respect for the worship of God. And we need to show respect for His Word. We ought to tremble at His Word, Isaiah said. We, we, we ought to tremble at the Word of God today. And the Word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Oh, yes, we need godliness to live godly lives. Then we add to our godliness brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. Now, let's think about brotherly kindness for a moment. How do we treat other people? Well, I believe the way you see people is the way you treat people. And the way you treat people is the way they become. Maybe one of the reasons that some are are treating you the way they treat you is because they're treating you the way you're treating them. Let me give you a passage of Scripture that will help you develop brotherly kindness. Maybe in your family, you have some relatives that, that with which you're not really getting along right now. And it would be strange if there was not someone watching the telecast right now that had a situation like that. But let me give you a passage of Scripture that I believe will help develop that kindness and that brotherly kindness and that brotherly love that you ought to have. Listen to Ephesians 4 and verse 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I've heard people say, I can never forgive her. I can never forgive him. Do you really mean that? Don't you want to forgive them just like God forgave you? You see, God gave his son to die for your sins. And suppose God had said and singled you out and said, well, I gave my son to die for the sins of the whole world, but that one person down there, that one person down there, I'm not going to allow his or her sins to be forgiven. I'm going to single that person out. Well, God's not that way at all, is He? No, when God gave Jesus, He gave Him to die for our sins and for our forgiveness in spite of the way we were. And, and he, he loved us when we're not very lovable. 
demonstrated His love toward us. And we, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if God can do that for us, think about it. Why can't we do that for each other? Now let me read the verse again. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You want to live a good Christian life? You want to live a happy life? A worry-free life? Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. And then he said, add to your, to your brotherly kindness love. We need to add love for God, of course, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbors, we love ourselves. But don't forget what Paul said about love in the Corinthian letter. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. That it does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not its own. It's not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. You say, I've tried everything in the world to get wrong with that person. Have you tried love? Have you tried love? That, that's the reason Peter said you need to add love. It is so important. He said, if you do these things, this is in verse number 10. If you do these things, that is, if you add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, to your self-control perseverance, to your perseverance godless, to your godliness brother kindness, and to your brother kindness love. If you do these things, you're not going to stumble. You're not going to fall. And then you will have an entrance into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we do these, if we do these things, that's what we'll have. I'd like to encourage you to become a Christian today by believing on Jesus, by being baptized for the remission of your sins. He that believeth, Jesus said, and is baptized shall be saved. Let me encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community and right now pick up the telephone. Call right now for the free Bible correspondence course. Do it right now. Now, if you prefer, you can take the course online. But we want you to study the Bible along with us, learn more about what we do to become Christians and what we do in the living of the Christian life. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And I hope it's been a blessing to your heart. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.